0: Hello and welcome to the Gooner Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of What is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Good morning, hope you're doing good. Hope you are doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for making this a key part of your morning routines. Uh, you get your breakfast, your, your orange juice. I suppose orange juice is probably the most common Drink for breakfast. Oh, some of you are going to come in with some really weird shouts. I can just tell uh in the chat box. But good morning, everybody <laughs> joining us uh in today's chat box. Uh Johnny, Blackshine, Jashar, Martin, uh, ween Keems, Afsar, Steve, Morgie, uh, Temi, Nsw, Paul. I'm just gonna have a scroll up on the YouTube app as well, just to make sure that yes, indeed, StreamYard has mugged people off. wayne Marcus, matt G, Alpha Dan, uh, Anthony, chips and peas. Uh, good morning, guys thank you so much as always for joining us and uh yes let's uh, let's get into today's big big stories because we've got some big news to discuss today uh first of all uh, over on YouTube you can listen to my chat with Dan Potts listening and talking all about kind of the, the recent bad run of form and whether or not we feel as though we're kind of out of that with the win against Aston Villa we did some um, catch up on because we haven't spoken to Dan for a while so we did a catch up on the transfer window. And we looked deeper at those games, the Man City disappointment and looks ahead to what will hopefully be a really positive end to the league season as well. So if you haven't yet given that show a watch, it's the last upload on uh, the YouTube channel. So make sure you go and check that one out. Uh, Fantastic news last night. Arsenal's under-18s left it late, scoring in the 92nd minute uh, to beat Cambridge United uh, 3-2 to make the FA Youth Cup semi-final. Uh, I really, really look forward to seeing what this team can do in the semis. Uh, it was close, I tell you. I wasn't expecting it to be such a close game. Maybe I was underestimating Cambridge United's under-18s. But uh, if you've not seen the third guy in particular, um, watch out for Lino Souza's uh uh, for, for what is just a brilliant, brilliant girl from Rosie Akadian off both posts as well. So, certainly, if you are in a position to be able to go back and watch the highlights, which they should post them on the Arsenal YouTube channel and on the website at some stage, make sure you catch up because it was certainly worth watching. There you go. Um, Jack Wiltshire, of course, was the man in charge of that team. And uh, it's fair to say that the achievement this season of Arsenal's under 18, you know, when the season started off, um, it really didn't look like it was going to be a successful season because we started off with a number of uh, a number of defeats. But since then, Arsenal have really tried to turn things around as much as feasibly possible. And yes, it's not been perfect. Yes, we certainly need to improve on things. But I think the way in which we're performing has been much much better. We play in the current South Division um, of the of the Premier League, and so we find ourselves currently sixth in the table. Uh yes, we're quite significantly off the pace being set by West Ham United who have won 13 of their 15 games to put that into context. Second place Fulham have only won 7 of their 15 games. West Ham's under 18s having a very good season in the second tier, uh rather in the south tier and then the north tier, Manchester City running away as you'd expect in that end of things. But Arsenal sitting in sixth. Uh they Are quite a significant pace off the top five, still six points away from annoyingly Tottenham, Chelsea Palace, Fulham. But uh, Jack Wilshire has certainly been able to change the form around. And you have to remember that that's the under 18s is a really difficult side to manage because you're never certain of what group of players you've got available to you, because often players are going up to play in the under-21s, some players are going away on loan, some players just not available for injury purposes. It's Arguably a harder group to manage than the, the under-21s is. And the team that played last night included plenty of the under-21s that are still eligible, Noanieri, Koja Dubri, uh Rule Waters, Lino Souza, players that often play with the under-21s, uh, or came down to play with the under-eighteens for the tournament it's really difficult to manage that situation because you never know what your best team is going to be that's going to be available. You never know who's going to be there for you. And so I think Wilshere is doing a very, very good job indeed with this group and with the group of players that it continues to be using. Uh, now, the Europa League last 16 draw will take place today at midday UK time in Neon, Switzerland. Uh, you'll be able to watch that on the Arsena- on the uh, UEFA sorry website. I'll also be doing a live blog coverage of this over on football.london. So you'll be able to follow the draw if you can't watch it on football.london's live blog. So I'll be running that a little bit later on today. Um, but last night, Manchester United beat Barcelona 2-1 to knock them out of the competition, which means that the potential opponents for Arsenal, Real Betis, Fenerbahce, Ferranvaros, Feyenoord, Freiburg, Juventus and Bayer Leverkusen. I believe, to be fair, that Arsenal can only face the teams that have progressed through... Um, to the next round through the playoffs. So, as far as I'm aware, those teams that Arsenal can face are Juventus, Bayer Leverkusen, Sevilla, Union Berlin, uh, Roma, um, Sporting Lisbon, and Shakhtar Donetsk. I'm pretty sure the uh, and Manchester United, of course. I believe the other teams can't face Arsenal um, because they all won their groups, and teams that won their groups cannot be playing each other. They're all seeded. The teams that went through last night, as I've just run through the teams there, they're the ones that, of course, Arsenal will end up playing. But it's a really interesting night in particular by Leverkusen. Fantastic game if you weren't able to watch their clash with Monaco. It really liked Monaco. were going to go through based on the first leg and then by Leverkusen did a a smash and grab away from home to get themselves through. Sevilla uh, nearly blew it against PSV. They won 3-0 in the home leg, lost 2-0 to PSV in the away leg. Uni and Berlin knocked out Ajax to progress to the next round as well. They're going to be no mugs to face at all. Uh, People are describing them as the Real Madrid of the Europa League. Don't play particularly well, but always win. And Shakhtar, of course, are a team that Arsenal have plenty of narrative with and certainly would love to knock them out after the whole Mahilo. Mudric saga as well if it was me i want sporting lisbon i think they're the most uh beatable opponent of all the teams that we could face in that next round juventus of course are probably the biggest challenge along with manchester united but it would be nice to play juventus and knock them out of the competition if that is indeed to be our opponent. Now moving into transfers and Evan Ndika who was linked to Arsenal in January with some suggestions in Italy saying that Arsenal would even agree a deal to sign him on a free which obviously has turned out not to be the case with Arsenal signing Jakub Kivior to be their future left-sided centre back. He is most likely now to join Barcelona on a free in the summer. A number of teams are said to be interested in the French defender from Frankfurt but Barcelona are the team now leading the race but Arsenal not expected to go back in after they signed Kivior in January. Arsenal did reportedly table a bid for Rafinha in January totaling around 70 million euros as we know that Arsenal ended up going to sign uh, Leandro Trossard in the end but Rafinha really interesting that we did suppose if you remember when we missed out on Mudrik the immediate kind of reaction to that there was a lot of reports suggesting that Arsenal were going to therefore try and see if Barcelona and Deco the agent of Rafinha would be open to making a deal happen that wasn't the case. Rafinha was said to be very happy um, at Barcelona, but we've had confirmation supposedly that Rafinha did indeed uh, or was subject to a bid That came from Alfred Martinez, uh, who is a Spanish journalist working out there on uh, Onda Serra radio, uh, Premier Nacional uh, over in Spain. So if you need to know where that came from. That's where it came from, um, in Barcelona. So he's a Barcelona-based journalist. So I would have no reason to think that that's not the case. Uh, Now, following Balogun is continuing to draw interest from a number of teams, both abroad and in the Premier League. Now, it's said that specifically, uh, there are a number of Premier League clubs that are like just below... top six uh john john jonathan johnson a fantastically named journalist from cbs uh said that with the premier league clubs looking at Balogun at the moment my understanding is it's clubs just outside of the top six but those the clubs that are trying to break in to the top six so i imagine the likes of brighton aston villa um I suppose Fulham are now up there uh, trying to break into the top six. If you're calling it the big six, then you'd imagine that Newcastle would be in there, but they've already got Isaac and Callum Wilson. You'd also probably put the likes of Brentford uh, into that category as well, perhaps even Crystal Palace and maybe Leicester although some of those teams have had a trickier time. Now, it's said that Arsenal and Arteta will want to see what Balogun's like when he returns to the club in the summer and to see how he gets on. Um, But uh, Balogun's future remains very much up in the air. He has, I think, two to three years left on his deal come the summer. And Arsenal will, of course, need to make a decision on that because they're expected to probably get a significant number of bids for the striker when that summer transfer window rolls around. Now, the big news and the most exciting news that we need to discuss today is that as first reported yesterday by Sami Mokbel of the Mail and then confirmed by a number of outlets, including Football London and Kaya and David Ornstein, as well as The Athletic, that Arsenal have indeed reached an agreement in principle for Bakaya Saka to become uh, the next signee of a brand new contract with arsenal massive massive news uh for saka the expectation is that he will earn around 10 million pounds a year so you're looking at the 200 around the 200,000 pound per week figure that is a figure that includes bonuses incentives etc um Amazing, amazing news for Arsenal. It's so funny because we I remember talking about this, not only just yesterday we were talking about Pakaya Saka's contract situation, but we were talking about this in the January window. A lot of people were confused and a bit frustrated as to why on earth Arsenal weren't kind of getting this deal done quick enough, um, or why it was dragging on and they were starting to get worried about it. And I think that you will know that we've remained pretty composed here, talking about both Martinelli before that one got done, Saka before this one eventually gets done. And of course, the next one is Saliba. There's also suge- suggestions that Xhaka and Ramsdale are next on the list to also get signed up to brand new contracts too. But uh, it's fantastic news that we've all been waiting for and all been hoping that we would see happen. Um, but Bakaya Saka is indeed set to sign a brand new contract with Arsenal, it's said. Fighting off any interest in the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City that may have been circling a potential opportunity to sign him on a free next summer, not this one coming, but next summer, when he had a year left on his deal. But he has always wanted to stay at Arsenal, it is understood. He's never wanted to move anywhere else, and he's certainly convinced by the project and the process that Mikel Arteta has indeed instilled and implemented at the club. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Okay, uh, let's go to part two and your questions. Um Pinny says, if Saka is going to get paid a lot more than Martinelli, could that make Martinelli disillusioned and feel not as important? I mean, the likelihood is that Saka is going to be paid more than Martinelli. Martinelli's still on a very decent wage. I think the estimation is around £180,000 per week. Saka's closer to £200,000. In short, I don't think so. I think there's an understanding of the hierarchy at the club anyway. Uh, I think that Saka is obviously appreciated as Arsenal's kind of star figure, you know, homegrown, come through the academy, now starting week in, week out for the club. Uh, We're not even signing players that are looking like they might even give him rotation, whereas you've got Trossard who's obviously giving rotation to Martinelli. There's an understanding of the place of Saka in this group. Uh, I have seen some suggestions that have said that Saka could become Arsenal's highest-paid player. I'm not sure that that's accurate. I'm pretty sure that Gabriel Jesus will, at least for the moment, remain Arsenal's highest-paid player. Um, so I'm not sure that that is. Uh, I'm not sure that that is 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 going to happen. But uh, what I would say is that uh, I don't think we've got any issues at the moment about. Um, the structure of wages, of course, we're um, we're in a position where Sir William Saliba is going to be able to ask for a lot of money because we're now offering out decent money. But we also have signed Fabio Vieira to a very good amount of money when we signed him in the summer. Gabriel Magalhães' contract is not said to be too lucrative either. Arsenal have managed to keep a lot of their assets on a, a reasonable amount of money. Uh, let's go to uh, Keith and says, what time is the Europa League draw? Midday, I believe, UK time. Midday is when it should be happening. Uh, Salibaba uh, says, hey, Tom, uh, are we getting Hoyland, um, who is uh, a player that I don't honestly know too much about? He currently plays, uh, he's a Danish international football playing for Atalanta uh, in Serie A. I don't know much about him. I have seen these links to Arsenal um, but I've also seen suggestions that Arsenal aren't aside side that are currently looking to sign him. Uh, played 19 games in Serie A this season, six goals, two assists. Has also played uh, in, uh, I don't know where his previous club was. It was Sturm Graz in the Austrian Bundesliga. But he's done very well. Uh, he's an exciting player, just 20 years of age. Can play centre-forward, can play in a wide position, but mainly as a centre-forward. I don't think Arsenal are looking at him... Seriously, I might be wrong, but I've not personally heard anything to suggest that we're moving for him uh, in the coming summer transfer window. That might change if we move some players on and that interest may turn into something more concrete, but I've personally not heard anything about Hoyland from um, from Atalanta. Uh, Mad G says, if you could spend a day with any former Arsenal player, who would it be? Probably Mikel Arteta. Because if I spent the day with Mikel Arteta, who is a former Arsenal player, I'd probably have quite good access to the squad map. So I think it's probably got to be Mikel Arteta, does it not? Um, It's either that or someone who just does crazy things. Nicholas Bentner. (laughs) Maybe someone like that. Uh, HMM Spike says, do you want to see us face Man United in the Europa League? I think it would be fun to match up with them again. Not really. Not particularly, because obviously that means one of us goes out. And I don't mind the further... Man United go in the competition, it means they've got more fixtures. I was actually quite happy to see them stay in the competition and also to see Barcelona now face financial chaos from going out just after the group stage of the Euro- of the Champions League, which they've obviously knocked down into the Europa League madness that they actually got put in that position. Um, but uh, yes, I think I'd rather see us come up against a much simpler opponent that we can play some of our maybe more rotational figures against, Sporting Lisbon, uh, being, I think, one of those, Sevilla being another one of those who have had a really poor season in uh, in La Liga. So, yeah, I think there are options for us. Uh, Marcus says, in order, who would be your top five highest earners at Arsenal? Um, in terms of what who I think accurately are our top five earners, um, right now, so at the moment, right now, Saka hasn't actually signed his new contract, so I can't include him. But at the moment, I believe that Jesus is our highest paid player at around 200, and £20,000 per week. I think that Thomas Partey um, is our next highest uh, earner, around £200,000 per week. Martinelli, I think, will come in. Uh, I think his new wage is around £180,000 per week. I think Alexander Zinchenko is on around hundred and fifty ish thousand. How many is that? Is that four? So I think the next highest, and again, I don't think it's Saka yet until he signs his new deal – But I think the next on that list would probably be, I'm going to say Ben White. I mean, Nicholas Pepe, when he returns might also be up there, but I think Ben White might be the next highest on the list as well. So yeah, I think it's Jesus, Partey, Martinelli, Zinchenko, Ben White. I think there are five, highest earners at the club that's probably the right list um let's go to aaron who says do you think it would be foolish to sell Tierney in the summer with champions league football around the corner he's still got three years left on his deal and with players that we have to sell we surely don't need that money it depends on the player aaron and it depends obviously what you react to if we do move him on if you do sell Kieran Tierney. It's likely that we probably bring in a left back. I know Tavares is coming back, but I think he probably moves on in the summer as well. Maybe even Marseille want to sign him on a permanent deal. But I think that yeah, it's much more likely that we see uh, that we see Tierney move on uh, and sold for a decent figure, a very good figure in fact. And we bring somebody else in in that position that's just more stylistically what Arteta wants from that role. I don't necessarily want to see him go because uh, I think there is a role for him in the team and he's obviously a very good player and I don't particularly want to see him playing for some one of our rivals in the Premier League and he probably would move to the Premier League still and stay within the league. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, that one. Um, but with the Champions League, we just need to make sure that we've got a squad with competitive options throughout it. Uh, that doesn't mean 24 players that are all good enough to start. I think you've got to have a group of about 20. I think, I mean, a group of about 20 players, 18 to 20 players that are all starting level quality is what you should aim for with five to seven players that are... You know youth players coming through or more experienced utility players at the club. I think that's probably a good dynamic of the group um let's go to uh loopholes what's talking about loop what loophole did I come up with? <laughs> Did I come up with a loophole in the chat, apparently? I, I can't remember. See, I forget things as soon as I've said them these days. Um, Jason says, Xhaka looks a bit burnt out. Uh, if fit, would you play Partey and Jorginho tomorrow? There's no expectation that Partey will be fit. He's not been involved in training, as far as I'm aware. Not. He might be involved today, but he's not been involved in training, as far as I know. Um, Xhaka does look burnt out. I'd probably use Vieira. Um, if you are going to use somebody else at the moment, it would be Vieira and Jorginho playing in midfield. Give Xhaka a bit of a rest. Alternatively, you could play Tierney and Muzinchenko into midfield. You could also use Smith-Rowe. Um, but I think he needs to be eased back and given some minutes first. So Vieira starts, then maybe you bring Smith-Rowe on later in the game. Um, let's go to... Uh, scrolling down the chat box uh, Jack says as a fellow Scott I'd hate to see uh, Tierney leave however he'll want to be playing week in week out as he's crucial for the national team absolutely he's not going to he's not going to want to um, be in a position whereby he's without minutes because if he is without minutes um, he's going to get frustrated admittedly you know why wouldn't you be Frustrated in the team that you're currently in right now if you're not getting regular game time and Tini for his entire career pretty much of course has played um, for a team where he's starting you know starting pretty much every single game so very, very difficult to see um, him staying right now. But what I would say is that while we've got him, we've got a very, very good player indeed. Uh, let's scroll down the chat box a bit more. Uh, let's go to oh, the Arteta loophole. I see, yes, choosing Arteta gives you good access to the club. It's worth it. You know, sometimes you've got to think smarter, not harder. It's as simple as that. Um, Benji says, Tom, I know we have history to settle with Shakhtar, but I personally wouldn't want the team having to fly... Uh, to ukraine or poland in the middle of the the situation and the title race i think they're currently playing in poland right now i don't think they're playing in ukraine i might be wrong about that um we'll have a chat with andrew todos if indeed we do get lined up against chat to, to find out a bit more about them but i'm pretty sure they're not playing um in ukraine and it would be in poland we'll have to wait and see what happens and and who we get but we'll find that out today and then we can We can go from there in terms of deciding what we're going to do. Um, Let's go to uh, Aditya says, hi, Tom. How many minutes for Tierney and what is the scenario for Rob Holding? Holding continues to be part of the squad. Arteta really likes the player. He's an integral part of the group uh, and comes into the team when we need him in defensive situations but it's probably likely that he will move on in the summer. I think he'll look to try and get more regular game time as he reaches his, his peak years. So you can certainly see him moving off maybe to, I don't know, a, a Newcastle or a Leicester or somewhere like that. I could see Rob Holding maybe moving somewhere in the future. Uh, t e how many minutes is he going to get between now and the end of the season? I'd imagine that he would um, be playing in, in the Europa League games. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. But outside of that, I don't see Zinchenko being dropped at all. Unless he's obviously faces any kind of injury, which he has had history with so far this season, uh, let's go to uh, yesterday. Says three a.m. in Atlanta, first live. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me, mate. Don't make, don't make sure you don't stay up too long, and make sure you get a serious amount of sleep. I always say that to our uh, uh, our listeners. LJ says we can't draw Man United. Is it true? Can Arsenal <laughs> play Man United? in the Europa League. I didn't know that that was the case. Uh, Ah, here we go. So last 16. uh, Arsenal, that's fine. Where's the rule at? Where's the rule at? Uh, How does it work? How does it work? The only restriction involves national associations. So no two sides from the same territory can be drawn against each other at this stage. That means Manchester United cannot be drawn against Premier League leaders Arsenal. There you go. So we can't play them until the quarterfinals. So, yes, we won't be playing them until later on in the competition. Well spotted. Uh, Fuad says, how many players do you see getting sold in the summer? And do you think this is the year that we can judge Edu on his selling skills as we now have the players without? Yes, we've said that for some time, haven't we? Um, We've said that Edu will be judged on sales a lot this summer because there is such a a wealth of assets that we've got um, to try and move on. So that's what we've got to hope to, to see happen. So fingers crossed, uh, we see the likes of Tavarage, Pepe, uh, Maitland-Niles. All these players, I think, are going to be looked to move on in the summer. Tierney, uh, we might see him move on. Balogun might yet be sold. It's a great opportunity. Um, a great opportunity, yes. Omar, I am a massive fraud. <laughs> you should know this by now. Uh machego says, I want Juventus in my opinion. Big clash. I'd quite like to see Man United draw Juventus, to be honest. I think that's probably the best outcome for us, is if Man United draw Juventus. We just got to hope that 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 transpires. Uh, Faz says much better player, much better now that we are beginning to sign players rather than let them run down their contracts with the wealth entering the Premier League. How can we continue to retain talent and compete on wages? Eventually, it's just by steadily improving your wage structure. Faz, that's how it works. Like at the moment, we're on around the two hundred thousand pound per week maximum, whereas clubs like City are on £300,000 plus, so Chelsea, so a Man United. And the more that we improve them or we keep our best players, the more we renew contracts of Saka and Jesus and Martinelli and Ben Wyatt and Zinchenko, you'll start to see players move up to those high, high figures uh, as well, because that's what big teams at the top of the table do, because they've got the money to be able to do that and the Champions League backing to be able to do that. So that's what you're probably going to see. I'm very excited for the summer. I think Arsenal have got a very, very good amount of money to spend, especially considering how much we bid for Mudrick and Caicedo in the, in January and didn't get those players. So there's still significant funds available for the summer to spend on targets and with the potential of not only uh, Champions League football, but also with, um, with uh, Premier League winning money, if that happens, or just second place, you get good money for either. You know, that's going to help, hopefully boost us into a really good position for next season. So who knows? Retain the title. Um, Piniween says, cap news. Yes, indeed, cap news. Uh, We're just waiting on the website to kind of be built. And once that's sorted, and once we've got things in place, we will indeed be doing our non-profit cap sales merchandise for the channel. So if you've not heard about this, uh, not these caps, but certainly some TGT ones, which I don't have around me at the moment. Um, But uh, non-profit merchandise, half of it goes to the Arsenal Foundation, half of it will be going to Cancer Macmillan Support. So if you want to get involved, I'll let you know when we've got the details. Anyway, Mikel Arteta's press conference is uh, 9.30 this morning, which means that I've got to jump off now to go and run the blog over at football.london. So I'll be hearing from Mikel in just over an hour's time. We'll then, of course, be following all the updates ahead of the draw in the Europa League as well. Be interesting to see who we get me, my fingers crossed, are for sporting and I'm hoping Man United get Juventus. That would be great. Um, so, oh, of course, they can't. They can't play them because they were both. Oh, that's so disappointing. So this is what I mean when I put together that graphic of the Europa League. Because um, it's the, the one that the uh, the one of the Europa League Twitter account used. It's just all scattergun. So I suppose the hardest team that Man United can face are... Real, no, you can't play Real Sociedad, can they? Because they're in the same group as them. So I don't think they can play unless they get them again. Um, but I think the hardest team they can play is like Betis, maybe? Or Freiburg? Freiburg are pretty decent. That sucks. Oh, well. Thanks for putting that out, Mohammed. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I need to practice who they can and can't draw. Absolutely not. Fraud Watch. I'm on Fraud Watch this morning. Who is he's going to find me? Um, <laughs> um, so there you go. Yeah, the blog is on football.london, uh, so you can make sure you follow everything over there. So there you go. Um, final thing uh, before we wrap up today's show, um, I just wanted to uh, highlight the fact that John Watson, uh, famous, integral, legendary uh, BBC Sport commentator, sadly passed away yesterday um, and certainly commentated on a number of massive moments for Arsenal through history. The one that really sticks in my mind is the commentary of Thierry Henry's return to the Emirates um, after such a long period of time uh, away from the club. He came back, played in that FA Cup game against Leeds and scored. He commentated on that game. Um, Plenty of uh, amazing moments of commentary from John Watson. And uh, he will be very sadly, sadly missed. His final game, actually, I believe, was Arsenal against Watford that he commentated on before he retired. So uh, Arsenal has very much been uh, strewn throughout his time in the business. But certainly someone that I, and I know a lot of people, I'm sure Harry Simeon in particular is a fellow commentator of of John's, now making his way in that area of the field. Amazing, um, amazing work by Harry. I'm sure he's been inspired by people like John Watson. So... RIP, Motti, and uh, a massive thank you for everything that he contributed to the sport. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate your time. I'll see you uh, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., of course. Uh, I don't think I'm doing a show this... Oh, no, I am. Yes, we're doing a preview show today at 6 o'clock. So do tune in 6 p.m. UK time today for our preview of Leicester City. I'll be doing that with the members. Nearly forgot that. It's been a mad morning. Crazy morning. I need some tea. I'm going to go get some caffeine in my body and then maybe I can work out how the Europa League actually works. Thank you for listening. I'll see you again very soon. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute.